0: I'm the king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I want to be like you.
1: Can to Hey everybody, you're listening to Parents Uncut with your host Aaron. Today we're talking about what it's like being a parent, how fitness comes into play and everything in between. With the help of sneakers and stuff and shoe shame, you can find this show on the SNS app, itunes podcasts spotify and all good podcast outlets with that being said today's guest is a crossfit trainer nutrition coach and a crossfit athlete we met at the program for use in new jersey and now we've gone from looking after kids to having some of our own we shared some great memories together and now we can share parenthood she's a brand spanking new mum of four months to little mila and a badass athlete my friend callie how are you
2: hello I'm good I'm good uh after like three cups of coffee for the day <laughs> oh so you're a bit like
1: jittering now
2: uh yeah we we had a, a rough night last night with little miss Mila
1: oh no really
2: yeah you know I think and some people say I'm wrong but every time she gets shots at the doctor the next few days are just awful Really? So we went, we went from sleeping through, yeah, we went through sleeping through the entire night to waking up every 20 minutes last night. So it's, I love that for me.
1: Oh, yeah, it's the best, right? <laughs> Have a child, they said. It'll be fun, they said.
2: <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> love that.
1: Amazing. So um, CrossFit trainer, athlete, and nutrition coach, how did you get into all of that? I mean.
2: Right, right. Um well so I got into CrossFit um back in two thousand fifteen. Um my brother actually was the one that got me into it. Nice. <laughs> we were both kind of um at a point where we got a little overweight, will you say? Um mm-hmm. so my brother found it he you know the one opened up by our house he started and he's like i think you would this was something that you would like so i went in and like everyone says you go for one day and you kind of get hooked into this cult and you know i was i was in you know i uh, went from you know every day you walk out of there and you are like why do i do this to myself <laughs> why, <Yeah. laughs> why don't you keep going um so, yeah, so I, you know, I got heavily heavily involved with um, the owner and, you know, training with him, and he was mm-hmm. actually a CrossFit Games athlete um, in, like, the older division. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, followed in his lead with training and really then started dialing in and taking it seriously, and, you know, with working out hard, I learned how to incorporate nutrition with all of that and i you know thought this was just my plan was going to be just be this great athlete which i mean eventually down the road you kind of realize i don't know if you've ever seen these documentaries with these crossfit games athletes but they're like the "The 13 and 14 year old girls are lifting weight that i would never lift (laughs) (laughs) so when you see that, you get a little discouraged, like, oh, maybe this isn't my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but, you know, I, I loved it so much. And I, you know, got my certification to become a coach eventually. And I, you know, was coaching full time and doing nutrition with people full time as well. And it was great, uh, you know. And then the pandemic happened. And that's kind of when I had to, not really coach anymore. So that's my story with the with the coaching. That
1: kind of ruined a lot of things. For yes,
2: people. yes, yes. So I mean, I gym shut down, and I was on an unemployment for quite a bit. And you know, I it got to the point where because unemployment paid great, paid paid everyone great. Oh, amazing! So it was. I I was. Yeah, I was making more money sitting at home than when I went and found another job.
1: And we and we wonder why, you know, so many people take um, advantage of benefits and stuff, right?
2: Yep. Yep. So I it became to a point where I knew gyms weren't opening up anytime soon, or at least I thought they weren't. And I was mentally like couldn't stay home anymore. I was like, I need to find a job. Mm. And then in the midst of all that, I found out I was pregnant. So, um, I don't know how it really works, you know, in Sweden and other countries, but here, you know, you need, I could have went back on unemployment, but you also need a job that you can take maternity leave from. Right. So that's when I found like, you know, a job just at a doctor's office doing reception, nothing, you know, totally not what I was used to doing. Um, but I really just got it for more yeah, more of just like going get going to work every day. Like mentally for me, it it just it's what I needed to do. So then yeah, and then I found out I was pregnant and Yeah.
1: So let me just backtrack a little bit. So so you said that unless you have a job you you don't get any sort of maternity from the government.
2: Right. There's like certain programs that give you extra time getting paid from whatever job you were at. So, I, I I I wouldn't quote me 100% on it because I'm sure they that you can get some aid whether it be unemployment or I'm not sure what kind of other aid, you know, mothers get. But if I wanted that extended time and then guaranteed a job after maternity leave, then I had to get a job. Crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, America. There
2: is a... America. I'm about to leave America.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you obviously, yeah, you, you found out you're pregnant, got this jo- uh, the, the, the the new job. Um, so I imagine right. with understanding nutrition better than most people you'd have like the perfect meal plans ready like like for like during the pregnancy and all the rest of it like how was that or did you just end up just like that fuck that Woo, out the window well and then uh (laughs) Headphones flying off.
2: Well, that was my expectation. I was like, you know, when I become pregnant, like you said, like, I know my nutrition. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to work out while I'm pregnant. Like, I had all these high expectations for myself. Mm. And then the, the hunger is real. And <laughs> the cravings are real. And, you know, you're walking through the supermarket and you're like, oh, I've never had that in like years. Like, let me get that snack. Um, uh. So... I will say, no, I was a fat ass. My Mm -hmm. pregnancy, (laughs) I, um, did not go according to plan. Um, I definitely, you know, ate way more than I needed to. Um, Mm. and I put on probably like, I want to say 50 pounds total. Yeah. Mm -hmm. About 50 pounds total. Um, you know, after my pregnancy, that's how much I, how total I gained. Um, Mm. and like I said, with with working out, you know, there's, there's women on Instagram, right. That are CrossFit people who, you know, I see them working out. Like there's this woman I follow. Her name is Emily breeze. um, Mm. And you should check her out because this woman has like nine month belly and is doing all this crazy lifting and still like working out like pre-pregnancy. And she's like on a kid number four. And so Yeah, yeah. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh, I can be like Emily, like I'll still work out. It's fine. Right. (laughs) Um, And for the most part, I had what I thought a pretty easy pregnancy with the fact that I didn't have not one day of morning sickness. Um, I really didn't have besides being extremely tired. I didn't really have any kind of negative side effects um, being pregnant. So, you know, I felt totally fine. Like I could have worked out, but I was just so tired by the end of day, like coming home from work, there was no way that I was going to work out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the expectation, you know, from somebody who's, who is training so hard, like two hours a day, cause I was a trainer. So I was always there. So I, you know, cl- times where I didn't have classes, I was working out myself. Mm. Um, so going from working out, two hours a day to probably in nine months, I maybe worked out five times total. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: Yeah, it was, it was not, it was not a good look. And, you know, it is what it is. I wouldn't go back and change anything. Um, but I will say that getting back into it postpartum, holy shit, I'm, like i lift up a five pound dumbbell and it feels like it's 50 pounds yeah. like it's <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy how much strength you lose in nine months and,
1: yeah, you know yeah. it,
2: it's true if you don't use it you definitely you know lose it
1: yeah that's definitely the same with sophie like she was super similar with you with both alfie and penny in fact of um she didn't have morning sickness like she felt a bit rough but she never actually was like physically sick or anything and she was like
0: right.
1: actively like at work and doing this that and the other, da, 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 da. um but she just she was just really tired at the end of the day like same as you so it's interesting how like you know people always go oh you know do this and do that during pregnancy and watch out for this and it's like it just goes to show like how different it is for everybody like you know you're someone who's super super fit uh and don't get me wrong before alfie sophie was uh, alfie and penny sophie was regular person fit um right. and you know you both had what it seems like very similar experiences you know what i mean so yeah, it just goes to show that people don't always know what they're talking about
2: <laughs> right 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 and definitely don't have any expectations because it can all just be, you know, a complete 180 of what you are expecting it to be like.
1: So, did you, you said like, obviously, you said how you had the expectations and stuff. Like, did you feel like you were putting pressure on yourself to kind of be that CrossFit mum representative for other mums out there? Or like, did you sort of just not give a fuck and just go, like, whatever, it's not really much I can do about it?
2: no so it actually was very mentally for me hard to not work out and put a lot of pressure i put a lot of pressure on myself because mm. i you know expected so much of myself and i went from you know training so hard that like i kind of let myself completely go and even though it's you know it's for it's not out of my hands you know um but mm. I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself, and you know, with social media, I mean, it's not like I have millions of followers, but you know, I did mm. have interactions with you know all the members at both gyms that I was coaching at. Like everyone, I would always post like you know workouts or post you know what I'm mm. eating, and it like was like uh, I can't post anything anymore. Like I'm not working out. You know, I'm not gonna lie and you know say yeah I'm not working out eating like, you know, whatever I want. Um, but you know, and even now getting back into it, it's, I cannot tell you how many times after my six week, you know, appointment where they, you they clear you for working out. I, uh, you don't know how many times I went into the gym and I left crying like legit tears coming out of my face. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure that's like a bit of, you know, added hormones but you know my boyfriend is like why are you crying you just had a kid (laughs) six weeks ago and I'm like I'm never gonna be the same I'm gonna (laughs) never have my abs back (laughs) and it's and it's it I'm over I'm done um so yeah the it was very hard mentally and emotionally and even still today I'm like like, I just put away all of my summer clothes from last year. I had a whole bin. We just recently moved. And I had a whole mm. bin of, like, all my summer stuff from last year. And I had it sitting in my in my guest bedroom because I'm like, I'm going to fit into it this summer. I'm going to fit into it. And granted, I was, like, wearing smalls and extra smalls. And here I am now, a medium-large. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I just – I had all this, like, you know, pressure on myself to, like, snap, you know, get that body bounce back. And I just had comes come to the realization, like, girl, it's not happening this summer. Like, put the clothes in the <laughs> attic. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: rough. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was going to ask um, about sort of, like, training after having um, Mila. And, like...
0: Right.
1: Because I guess, like, it's not just training it's like that's like your career so it's like it's not just that like you have to you're not just going there just to train for fun although it is fun right um you gotta go there and like you know be an example of what the people walking through the door can be or or already are uh, I guess um so I imagine that was that's that is quite a challenge you know is it like going back to basics again you know
2: yeah, so I got cleared my six week appointment and I was probably in the gym the next day. And um, I had to modify everything. So, for example, you know, when new people come to CrossFit and you obviously, if, if it's a person that's never done a pull up before, you know, they can't do a, you know, walk in and do a pull up, there's different modifications. So we have these kind of rings that hang from like a, a rig, which is like a, a pole. Uh, essentially, Mm. and you kind of pull yourself using, pull yourself up using these rings where you're standing. So Mm. it's like an assisted pull up. So I had to go back to things that I did when I first walked into the door in 2015 at a CrossFit gym, Mm. you know, and mentally, again, that's so hard, because you look at videos, and I have pictures that things that come up on my timeline of like, you know doing muscle ups and pull ups and i'm like Oof. i go to jump i went i literally went up to jump onto the bar and i like my feet like couldn't leave the ground as high as they needed to <laughs> in order to reach the pull up bar so wow. and it was just like you know the first yeah and the first time i i got up there and i'm hanging and i'm like there's no way like my stomach everything inside just it wasn't back to normal yet so um, yeah, like I said, it was, it was very hard, you know, now I'm finally getting back into it. So, you know, I'm able to do pull-ups again. I'm able to lift certain weights that I wasn't able to lift. Um, I'm still nowhere near where I used to be, but I'm definitely trying now to like, leave my ego at the door and, you know, do what I can with, you know, and I also have, we actually in the house that we bought, we built a a gym um, in our garage. So, you know, I do things at home, and I'm, I'm trying to get back to what I'm doing, but it's going to take quite a bit of time. And, you know, with that being said, you know, going back to, you know, potentially doing that as my career, it, I don't think, like, if I walked into a gym, and, you know, I kind of make it known that, you know, I just had a baby. People aren't going to be like, wow, she's coaching and, you know, she can't even do X, Y, and Z. I think the CrossFit right. community is very, um, like nonjudgmental and it wouldn't be like that. But I guess the pressure for myself, it's like, can I go back and coach when I can't do these things because people are going to look at me? Like, it's kind of like a, a hit, mm-hmm. like an anxiety internally. Um, but yeah, I mean also right before I found out I was pregnant, I was supposed to be in the Academy for the NYPD. Um, so I had, I took the test wow. about three years. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I took the test about three years ago and they called me. I did, um, you have to go through, you know, certain steps. So you have to go through, um, a psychological interview with a psychologist. Um, you have to complete, and it's called a, a JST. It's what uh, I forget what it stands for something, job standardized testing. It's basically wow. a, an obstacle course that you have to complete in a certain amount of time. Um, so you do that. Then I had to do a drug test for, through my hair. So all these steps leading up to the academy, you have to complete, and I completed them. And the academy was supposed to go in in July. And this was when the defunding of the police happened. And that class actually got canceled. Um, And then I had to put myself on medical hold because I found out that I was pregnant. So I called up. I put myself on hold. um, And then whenever you're ready to resume, you just call them up and you say, hey, I'm ready to resume. Um, and I actually resumed it. I want to say probably like last month I resumed it. And when you resume it, one of the first steps that you have to, cause everything expires. So the physical that I did expired, the drug tests on my hair, I did expired. And let me tell you something. They take out a lot of hair from your head. So <laughs> I was like, I got to go through this again. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I re-upped it and one of the first things you have to redo is the obstacle course. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I, I'm not fit anymore. Like I you have to pull a dummy that's and seventy five pounds across the room. You know? I'm like, I don't even think I can do this. But I was like, you know what, let me give it a mm-hmm. shot. So funny enough, they I reopen it and sure enough, like a week later they um, send me out date, you know, you have to report to the this um The precinct where the test is done, you have to report there 7 a.m. on like a Wednesday. So now I'm like an hour with no traffic away from the city. So I leave my house 5 a.m. I go. I managed to get through almost all of the course. Right. And the last piece of this course, I did everything physical. They make you hop over a chain link fence. No problem. Oh, and you're wearing a 14-pound weighted vest. So here I am with probably like 20 pounds of a vest because I just had a human in my stomach with 14 pounds on top of that. (laughs) So you have to climb over this fence. You have to run up and down stairs. You have to carry this dummy, run around a few laps. And the last part of the test is you actually have to hold a fake gun in front of you um, and you have to shoot it 16 times without stopping on one hand on your domina hand and 15 times the other hand. And that's the end of the course. So I, I go up to the gun and I go to shoot it and I, and I'm clicking it and I probably get to like the 10th shot and my hand just cramped. I could not pull the damn trigger. And it's like, what? dude, it's like, it's like the easiest thing. Like you just have to pull your finger back. So I'm like, what the heck? And and I failed because you have four minutes and 28 seconds to do all this entire obstacle course. Like mm. you when you should Google what this course is, because you'll see like what I'm talking about. It's a lot of stuff to do in four minutes, 28 seconds. So yeah. whatever. I walk out of there. I'm starting to <laughs> in front of everyone. And the sergeant, I'm walking out and she's like, you know, they'll email you and you know set up a different date so i'm like all right so i come home my boyfriend is a detective so i have his gun he takes out you know obviously the bullets and stuff and i'm here in my house just pulling this damn trigger and i'm pulling it fine like no problem (laughs) so i was like you gotta be kidding me so they freaking uh they send me the next date probably like two weeks later i go again you have to be there at seven in the damn morning and same thing freaking happened on the left hand. What? I passed all 16 shots on on the right. And I get to, what was it? I forgot what exact what number I got to, but I failed on my left hand. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like here I am before I got there thinking I'm going to struggle with the physical stuff. I can't even pull the damn trigger. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure if maybe I was just I had different because it's a lot of your forearms, so I'm not sure if I just am fatigued at that point, and I just lost some of my forearm strength from you know because when I'm training CrossFit, there's so many things that you're grasping, and your forearms get really strong. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what it was, a mix of nerves because honestly, like I'm having a very big internal debate with myself over whether I should even pursue this or not so it's why is that well a few reasons I mean the danger aspect of it for sure mm-hmm. um it's you know a dangerous career to go into um and you know my daughter having her mom and her dad in the same danger you know kind of field makes me a little uneasy. Um, and you know, just with not getting too much into it with, um, you know, politics and what's going on in the world right now, or well, at least here is, you know, mm. everybody is, there's not a good look for cops right now. And, you know, they, the, there's a lot of things that are changing with how you're supposed to handle situations. And there's just, the rules are changing constantly with what you can and cannot do as a police officer. Um, so it's, you know, we actually had a couple of people over last weekend, a couple of um, buddies that Frank works with my boyfriend. Um, mm. And they're all telling me, they're like, don't do it. Don't, don't do this job. Like it's, every, nobody's on your side pretty much, you know, and things have changed. It's not what it used to be, you know, don't do it. So it's, and then the scheduling aspect of it, like you don't know what your schedule is going to be. So, you know, you go through six months of training and then they can put you anywhere in the city. Um, and you won't know what your schedule is like. So it's very hard when you have two parents who are in the same field because his schedule, he actually just got promoted, um, to a sergeant. So after his training is done, his schedule changes. We don't know what it is yet, you know. So it's it's right. a lot of trying to find childcare and you know, who's going to pick her up from childcare. Um so yeah, it's I'm still struggling with it as I talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's a uh, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because it's like obviously, you know, life is so random so you could just get hit by a bus right right but then obviously you know if both parents are both uh in something that's you know more heightened more dangerous then just right right so yeah that's a tough one um i mean it's it is it's weird when other people from that chosen career say don't do it but then by the same token it's like well maybe it will be everything is potentially changing for the better, right? So maybe right. they're just used to that way of doing it. So then the new thing seems like it's shit and hard because it's new. But, the, but maybe for you, mm-hmm. because you go through, like, the, the new system, it will be better, you know what I mean?
2: Right, right.
1: right. Food for thought.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, yeah.
1: I guess... Being with a uh nypd detective sergeant detective mm-hmm. if that's how the right way of saying it <laughs> um,
0: okay.
1: you can kind of, you kind of touched on it a little bit but like you know we're scheduling and things but what is that like because obviously he's potentially risking his right. life every day or every other day or whatever and like and now it's not just him being your partner someone you care about he's also now his dad daddy Frank.
2: Right, right. Like right. Yeah. So, um he is actually in one of the probably one of the most shittiest neighborhoods um in Brooklyn. Um East Amazing. New York. <laughs> yeah. So, it is you know, even before him becoming, you know, the father of my child, I was always, you know, nervous, you know, when he would go to work. Um I also am a a person who has a lot of anxiety. <laughs> so, um <laughs> yeah, that and and I want to do this profession. Um no, but yeah, great. uh yeah, it's very it, it's a little uneasy, you know, with him going to work and anything can can happen. I mean, being a detective, um he's not on patrol, so he's not in uniform on the streets. Um, Mm -hmm. he's wearing, he's wearing a suit and he deals with like homicide calls. So if, you know, something happens and you know, he goes out kind of after the fact, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. but being in that area is definitely, um, you know, a concern for danger. Um, his schedule though, uh, it's actually, It's not too bad. It's the way they work is it's four days on two off. So the way that it works is your first two shifts, your first two days, are um four to one. So four in the afternoon till one in the morning. And then your last two shifts are day tours. So they're eight in the morning to four in the afternoon. So the way it works is, you know, he goes into work day one and it's four till one in the morning and he drives home at, you know, one in the morning. And then the next day, same thing, goes to work at four in the afternoon. But on that second shift, he actually sleeps there because um, the third day is going to be a morning shift. So it's silly for them to drive home at one in the morning to then have to drive back out eight the next day. Um, so they have something called a turnaround, which is they sleep there. So the second night he sleeps there, it works his, you know, day shift on the third day and then comes home that night. And then the last shift, he drives in in the morning and then comes home at night. So it, it's a good schedule. Um, and it always rotates. So it's four on two off. So you have different days off. Um, so it, it was a great schedule while, being a couple pre you know having a baby now that we've had a baby it can be a little rough um in a sense like you know his turnaround night he's not home so i am you know just taking care of Mila myself um which again she she sleeps through the night so she's really not terrible at night but like mm. any parent you need a break you know like by the time he by the time he comes home the next night it's like all right take her you know like it's (laughs) mentally and I'm sure every mom and dad can you know attest you just you need a break um so it's been it's been a transition um you know he I was fortunate enough to have him the first month after she was born. So he was, he was home for a month. Um, and then he went back to work and now with him being promoted, it only happens last week. So now he goes through training. So it's, you know, Monday to Friday, seven to three. And then once this month of training's over again, we won't know his schedule or where he's being placed until it happens. Um, yeah. so it's 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 hard because it's you know you don't it's the unknown. You don't know what the schedule is going to be. You don't know where you're going to be at. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely it's it's hard.
1: <laughs> so, let's. He was he was home for a month. That sounds. Did he take like his annual leave, or is that like a paternity situation?
2: Right. So the way that it works here is. Dads can take what's called paid family leave, right? So I don't know. I'm sure it might be different. Do you have that paid family leave?
1: Mm, I don't think so.
2: No. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's called paid family leave, and what it is, it's it's twelve weeks where they'll pay the mom and the if the dad decides to take it, they'll pay you sixty percent of your income, and you get okay. it in you get it weekly. So you get Like 60% over two weeks, but you get paid out weekly, whatever, you know, your two week pay is, you know, um, divided in half. You'll get that weekly. Um, so 60% of what you make is like shit. (laughs) Like (laughs) it is not great. Right. So What he decided to do is he had so much vacation and, um, sick days that he actually didn't use the paid family leave because for him to take that pay cut while me also taking a pay cut, it's, you just can't survive like that, you know? So he just used pretty much all of his sick days, all of his, you know, um, vacation days and, you know, he went back to work after a month, um, with the paid family leave, you can actually use it within the first year that the child is born. So up until her first birthday, if he wanted to ever use it, he could. But again, like the 60% of what you make is like nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, the way that they, you kind of do it for the mothers is, we also have something called short short term disability. So when I found out I was pregnant, um, oh sorry, as I got closer to my due date, I had to fill out all these forms to take what's called shor- short term disability, which is six weeks. Um, and then once that, those six weeks finish, I rolled it into what's called the paid family leave. And that was 12. So I had six weeks plus 12 weeks um, of time off getting the you know the sixty percent um which I go back to work on Monday and I'm not looking forward to it <laughs> at all.
1: <laughs> so that's crazy. So like so basically like you get potentially up to eighteen weeks as a mother.
2: Right.
1: That's so crazy, man. Like I mean, you know, I've l- lived in America so I have some understanding of what you're talking about. But you know in England it's right. different. You know, you get twelve months maternity from your work um I believe I'm pretty sure that's right in Australia it's like it's um you also get 12 months but you have to have been working there for like a year at least Uh, there's like lots of like little catches um otherwise the government pays you um what is it seven months I think or six months worth whatever that works out. At. Wow. Um, right. And then here in Sweden, what they do is, um, in, in Australia as well, sorry, the dad gets four weeks paternity from their work. Mm-hmm. In England, I'm not sure where it is. But in Sweden, 18 months is what you have. And then,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if I'm not mistaken, the first year is taken by the mum Um, usually it's not really taken by the dad. And then the last six months of that is usually taken by the dad. So by law, you, you, they have to be used up um, from my understanding. Mm -hmm. So uh, with Alfie, I didn't really, I didn't get that. Um, Again, it's like a, like a within, before their first birthday type situation, I think. So I, I was able to take 90 days. For Alfie mm-hmm. um, at 80% pay. And then mm-hmm. with Penny, yeah. I I'll be able to take six months. Um, and then Sophie would have a year at 80% pay. And then on top of that, when the wow. when the baby is born, you have like the mm-hmm. dads get 10 days paid from the government as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really quite bloody good here for that for sure wow Mm. i'm sorry i'm about to book my
2: flight to sweden
1: (laughs) 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 yeah i know right like it's bizarre to me i was talking with sophie i believe about this the other day and 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 to another guest i had on the show and um i was saying how like it's pretty mental that like basically no one would really exist without the woman birthing the child like the man's role is very very minimal um like you guys are the ones who are actually like taking it from like an egg to like an egg and a (laughs) little bit of sperm and making it into like an actual like an actual human like I feel like people have forgotten that like you've grown an actual (laughs) human person inside your actual body like (laughs) it's somehow like people have forgotten that and it's like just not doing the due diligence to like to women in general of like what they really deserve like you've grown a human like come on like that's like like and and it's not just that you've grown a human like when you actually have a baby like regardless of what people think about trauma, like, it is a trauma. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, you know, mm-hmm. you've had your arm cut off. Like, it's still a trauma. And, like, and if you have a C-section, like, right. it's still a big surgery. Like, you've you've just had right. a human taken out of you. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. Like, how, like, how, like, if anything, disrespectful. <laughs> like, it's so weird to me. Like, it's bizarre that's my little rant over but yeah it's bizarre
2: yeah no it's it it it's crazy when you actually sit back and think about it you had a heart beating inside of your body and you know and it's crazy like I was I actually told my boyfriend when you had you know told me about the you know the 18 months I would have I would have like three kids back to back if that if that was me, like, and 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 me and him. Like, I want more kids, but you know the price of daycare. Wait, so I actually I actually did my homework, and ah. I wanted to discuss the price of daycare, right? So <laughs> here, and I converted. Wait, so how do you say it? Um, your currency is krona. Uh,
1: yeah, krona or or crowns. Either,
2: okay, okay, so here for daycare per month is sixteen hundred dollars that's a thousand six hundred dollars per month, right? <laughs> I did the math on on my Google. It is thirteen thousand mm. seven hundred and forty six krona. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything to you, but that seems like a lot.
1: So that's about 130 euros. So yeah, that's uh, about... it's
2: expensive.
1: <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's not expensive. It's not. No, no, no. So, so basically, like Sweden is one of those really weird countries in terms of currency where, like, like, it sounds like it's a lot, but it's not like you know, like you have like a lot of um, Asian countries have like really high, right? Uh, um, like a hundred. Like bar, for example, is like right a dollar. So, okay, (laughs) what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you exactly how much that is. Uh, So, was it? One hundred one thirteen thousand, right?
2: Thirteen
1: thousand a month. Mm
2: -hmm. You're saying, yep.
1: So that's like one hundred (laughs) fifty-one dollars and nine cents.
2: What? Are you kidding? Well, so okay, it's really, here... Childcare is really cheap. <laughs> well, here it is not very cheap. It is a $1,600, which is a lot of money.
1: <laughs> well, if you think that's a lot of money, right? So so one of the reasons why we left Australia was... Um, there was lots of many reasons, but a reason also was to do childcare. childcare. Um, right. And childcare in Australia is 700 Australian dollars a week. And that's that's okay. with a government subsidy and that's like the cheapest place. Um so okay. that is in, in in American dollars, that is it's five hundred and seventeen dollars a week in oh, wow. Australia. So honestly oh, no, so that's right. almost the same. Right. Actually, in doing that. Um yeah, expensive. Yeah. So yeah, it's very cheap. Yeah. It, it's um hmm.
2: It it's crazy. It's like paying almost another mortgage. Like it's insane. Um, and the kicker with it is they don't provide anything. Like you have to give them diapers. You have to give them baby wipes. You have to give what? them formula and food and everything, everything that they require. You have to give it to them. So you're paying all this money for them especially when they're like you know a couple months old to basically sleep like you know they're not really socializing and engaging yet you know like i can live without them socializing with other kids for a little bit you know Mm. so yeah that's crazy
1: then it totally makes sense why like so many um people in america end up having nannies because it's almost like a cliche, right? Like, oh, I'll get my nanny to do this. I'll get my nanny to do that. But it's like, right. no, yeah, definitely. That's I would definitely have a nanny if I lived in America, if if that was, well, right. with that being the price of child care, yeah. Ridiculous.
2: it's Yeah. Pro- it'll probably be less expensive if I have somebody come to my house to watch her than for me to send her to daycare. It's absolutely bananas. So, yeah, so because of daycare alone, like, I probably don't see myself having another child because so Frank's sister, my sister-in-law actually has two babies. She has um well not babies, but she has a 2-year-old and she has a 5-month-old. Um and mm-hmm. for her to put both kids in daycare, you only they only give you like $200 break with the second child. So it's like you're not getting much of a discount by sending two. Um mm-hmm. and you know, it it's the way, so seeing her like pay for her daycare, um, for her children, like she told me, she was like, I think I might not be able to work anymore because one parent pretty much in America, one parent is always making just enough money for the daycare. So it's like, why do I even go to work? I should just stay home, be a stay at home parent and save the money on, you know, not sending them to daycare. So it's, you know, it's crazy that, you know, there's, there's one woman that I actually worked with who she had two jobs and one of them was just to pay for daycare. And the other one was to survive.
1: That's unbelievable. Like, again, Mm -hmm. like going back to my little rant earlier, like, and that's the, and that's the thanks you get either have one kid and, and, you know, unless you, you're both making like top dollar, You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a bit, it's, it's difficult, but you can, you can do it or have two kids and fuck your career and, or at least fuck one of your careers and, uh, and that's that Mm -hmm. or work a double job or even three jobs. Just it's ridiculous. So like in general, I think it must be like super hard to be like a single mum, but like imagine being a single mum in America with all of that. That is like unreal. Like,
2: yeah. No. Come on. <laughs> you It's you you can't. You can't do it on one salary. It's it's just not it's not possible. And unless, unless you're a millionaire, it's not possible to do it as a single parent. It's
1: not. Or live in like some shitty state where there's right. like no one around you for the next 20 or 30 miles. Right. And yeah. Where so let me tell you really something. Cheap. If it
2: Right. But that's the other thing. Like, if it wasn't for his job, because obviously we can't move out of state because his of you know, his job, if it wasn't yeah. for his career and the potential of it being my career, I would move out of state in a heartbeat. Like, mm. you know, my brother actually lives in Florida and the amount of rent that he pays is stupid. It's like not even a quarter of like what we pay on a mortgage it's crazy Mm. and you know it's just he moved down there like on a whim and he was like it's the best decision I've ever made because like sure they get paid less but the cost of living is not astronomical like it is here you know it Mm -hmm. it's it's bananas to me and I mean, we we decided like when we were shopping for houses, you know, we obviously one of the things that we wanted was something that had a good school district for, you know, Mila when she gets older and goes to school. But Mm. the price that you have to pay to send your kid to or be in a school district to send your kid to a good district is like we're going to be struggling for the rest of Mm. our lives. Like I might have to go get a second job because it's, it's insane.
1: So then I guess like, that's like a perfect tie in to what I was going to ask. Like, like you're going back to work on Monday. Like what happens now?
2: So, um, like I said, my NYPD case is open. So whenever they call me next and I pass, you know, cause you can take that part of it as many times. Um, which is beyond that's a whole nother topic that they just let you take it over and over again. But um, once yeah. I pass that for yeah, <laughs> once I pass that portion, and you know, I go through everything else. When you get into the academy and you're in training, you actually get paid the salary of as if you were a police officer, even though you're in training. So I wanted to, and this is this is you'll find this funny my, my old job at the doctor's office, I actually called them and I said, Hey, I was like, you know, my maternity leave is coming to an end. You know, I can start on this day. Um, but so I don't know how it is in Sweden, like backtrack a little bit, but in order to get daycare, like a spot in daycare, you actually have to start looking and put a deposit down while you're still pregnant, because that's how many people like, yeah, that's how many people use childcare like they they you have to have a spot, right? So I thought that because of COVID and like parents are working from home, um, you know, mm. they I wouldn't have an issue finding finding a daycare. Well, sure not, sure enough, when she was born like the first month, I went around looking at daycares and the next available spot is in September. So now wow. I'm my leave, yeah. So my leave is up in August, on, on Monday, right? And I don't have daycare available till September. So I'm going back to work. Yeah, so I'm going back to work and my dad is gonna, you know, watch, you know, our baby because he, he works overnight. So he's gonna, you know, come to our house after work and watch her for us um, for the month of, of you know, August. Um, and I called my job and I said to them, I was like, listen, I was like, I'm ready to come back in August. However, instead of doing Monday to through Friday from nine to five, is it okay if I do nine to three because I want to my dad's working overnight, like he needs he can't to work Mm. overnight and then watch a baby all those hours, like it's a lot, you know? So I said to them, I was like, for the first four weeks that I'm back, I need to work until three. Their response to me was like, no. They were like, we need you full time. And I was like, really, you can't accommodate me for two hours, hours. Monday through Friday for four weeks. So it was kind of like a slap in the face. And, you know, like I said, this job I got just because I needed to mentally get out of, you know, get out of the house and work. Mm. Um, So you know they the pay wasn't anything was like minimum wage um and so when they told me that um i was like you know what i'm going to like look for other jobs in this next week and see if anything comes up on a whim so i actually sure enough found another job doing um kind of like authorization admin work for people who need like when you need an mri or something and you need an authorization from your insurance company Um, that, Mm. that I'm going to be that person that gets that. So the pay was like six more dollars an hour. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take it. It'll be a new job. And it's in the meantime, you know, of me waiting for the NYPD to call, like, at least I have something Mm. else, you know? So I called back my old job and I was like, nah, sorry. Like I got a better opportunity. Like I'm not coming back, you know? Thanks for the maternity leave. Yeah. Good. But Um. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I didn't realize, I mean, I knew how expensive having a child is and would be, but man, that daycare and like, when you really crunch the numbers, it's like, damn.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and you know, you said, um, about like the registering, for childcare. So here they right. do you do have to register for childcare as well. But obviously, or not obviously, okay. but you don't have to put deposits down or anything like that. None of that madness. Um and right. all the food and diapers and whatever is all included in the price. Like wow. it's fine. Um <laughs> yeah. Um but the but yeah we did have to look but then you know Alfie has been alive for a year and six months and we only looked a month ago and we got there's like there's a bunch around in our area and um you know you put your top five and then they give you one of those so that we've got one of them it's not a top top but we're still in the list for the top so when that does become available we can just transfer them over to the the top one and that doesn't Mm. cost anything either it's all good everyone's like relaxed and calm um wow so it's 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 quite a good system to be fair. And it's literally like about a three minute walk from here or four minute walk from mm. where I live. There's one wow. even closer. There's one literally three doors down from me. Um wow. it's some like it's some like really weird one. I don't want to offend anyone, but it's a really weird one. <laughs> um but then um it seems like America out of most countries seems to just really try and milk you for your money that you don't have anyway in the first place. (laughs)
2: 110%. They they really do. So, and you know, it's the price of, so personally for me, I was only able to breastfeed for one month. Um, I don't know if it's just me, But Mm. I thought that breastfeeding was harder than giving birth. Mm. So, like, you know, wait, wait. So his (laughs) Frank has a friend Frank has a friend that had twin girls and she still breastfeeds and they're one years old. And I'm like, you go, girl, because the amount of money that it is for formula (laughs) <laughs> it's like that's another thing that's so damn expensive. Like why? I like I can just I wish I can give it to you for free, but I can't but I couldn't do it. Like I I had a very and I have to be careful when I say this because when you know when I first gave birth, you know, a lot of my my friends or, you know, Frank's friends that, or that have already had kids, They were like, oh, like, how was your birthing experience? Like, tell us all about it. And I was like, uh, it was actually the easiest thing, like, ever. Like, it was fine. And then some Mm. people come back and be like, oh, like, my experience was horrible. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I hope I didn't offend you by, like, saying it was the easiest thing, you know? Like, I don't mean, like, it was the easiest thing. No. But I... I had a relatively easy experience personally, and I just thought that breastfeeding for me was so hard. Like, first of all, Mila did not latch on to me. Um, Second off, these are things that they don't tell you, or at least they didn't tell me. Like, I thought that, and this might be, I'm just naive, but I thought that when you give birth, like a baby comes out, like knowing how to suck, And that Mm. your milk supply comes in right away. Like I didn't know that your milk supply can just come whenever it wants. Right. So I gave birth to Mila and my breast milk didn't come in until a week later. So it was, it was just, I don't know. To me, it was the whole thing. It was painful. Like she wasn't latching. So I had to pump and, you know, when, he, when it was his turn to wake up in the middle of the night to feed her with a bottle, I still had to wake up to pump, and it was like I wasn't getting any sleep. Um, so yeah, I did it for a month, um, and I was done. I was, and, and then also, they don't tell you that when you want to stop breastfeeding, like you can't just stop you have to wean yourself off because you can get mastitis and you can get like clogged ducts and it's painful like nobody explained this to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know that's what I think is super interesting like no matter how many books that you read or prenatal classes you go to for some reason they everyone still seems to miss out like really important key details. Um one of the things that I got missed for me was um was i mentioned this before on the pod but like when your waters break like look i think that movies obviously like <laughs> movies and stuff you know they're not always true to form and stuff right, but i right. feel like there's some things that movies and tv shows have a responsibility to be true to what they're doing you know so i right. assume naively that when the water's break, you know, they kind of break and then the water just, you know, whooshes out and then that's kind of that. But there's me, the water's broken. we got like Abba, literally, actually Abba in the background playing. And I've got like these towels putting in between sovy's <laughs> leg because the water is just coming and coming and coming and coming. It's mental. Like, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was just, wow, this is... So this is the water breaking. Like... It's even like a little trickle or it's just some big splash on the floor. And you're like, right, that's, it's go time. Apparently not. It's, um, maybe that's just my experience. I don't know. But, um, oh, but yeah, that was God. mad.
2: That's, that's funny that you say that because with my experience, my water never broke. So, you know, that was another thing that they didn't tell. They told me at the hospital. They actually told me that 12% of females' water breaks naturally. Only twelve percent. You know? So here I was like my whole I didn't know that. being Yeah, I didn't know that. So um like my whole my whole nine month like when I was in my nine months of pregnancy, every time I would stand up, I was like, Yes, is it gonna come? Is it gonna come? <laughs>
0: and it just
2: it never came. And when we got to the hospital, you know, they were like, All right, you're ready to go. And my boyfriend's like the water never broke. Like, how are we ready to go? Like, what do you mean, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was funny. So I should probably like, you know, say how, you know, my experience. I mean, I, <laughs> it was fu- not funny, but it was a little weird. And I don't know if you're somebody who believes in like superstitious things. But one night at three o'clock in the morning, I heard a big like thump. And it woke both me and my boyfriend up. And I was like, what the hell was that? And I have in my bedroom next to my stand, I have a picture on my wall of my mother holding me when I was a baby. And the picture fell off the wall and it woke me up and I started having contractions. I shit you not at three in the morning. Yes. So at three in the morning, it's like getting worse and I'm like using like the apps to like time out my contractions. And my boyfriend's like, oh, like I wanna go back to sleep. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, I don't think you can go back to sleep. Like, I think it's happening. <laughs>
0: so Yeah, yeah.
2: So I am yeah, I immediately like get up, I like go into the shower, you know, like I call the on call doctor and I'm like, uh, I think it's happening, you know, and Everyone was saying they're like, don't rush to the hospital because you're just gonna end up waiting like longer. It's either you yeah, wait yeah. at home or you wait at the hospital. So I got up, I took a shower. You know, my boyfriend's still kind of like in bed. I'm like, this is getting worse. Like, you gotta get up, right? So mm. he gets up, he takes a shower, and then it's probably like now six in the morning, so like three hours later. Um, and I was like, this is just getting it was like unbearable. So finally, you know, it started at three, we left the, our house and, you know, we didn't get to the hospital till like seven, seven thirty in the morning. And they, you know, admit me, they bring me to a room and they check, you know, how dilated I am. And they're like, okay, you're four centimeters dilated. So I was like, Oh shit. Like, you know, four centimeters out of 10. <laughs> and yeah. my, boyfriend, my boyfriend was like, my boyfriend's like, wait, what do we have to get to? I'm like, 10, we have to get to 10.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so here I am at four centimeters and they were like, if you want, you can get the epidural because I was in pain. And they're like, and I was like, yes, give me the epidural, give me all the drugs. <laughs> so I, um, the the anesthesiologist comes in, they give me that epidural, which that was a, a scary experience for me. Was getting the epidural. Um, I actually, my bad. Like, uh, before, a couple of days before, I had actually watched a video online of somebody getting an epidural, so, so I kind of scared myself by watching it.
0: No.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they give it to me, and you know, they put the catheter in, whatever. So I'm, I'm laying there, and if I start to feel better. And then an hour later, I'm like, every time I have a contraction spike on the monitor, like I'm feeling uncomfortable. Like, I think you need to call them back in. So they come back in after an hour and they check me and they're like, all right, you're ready to go. So now it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So I started contractions at three in the morning. We got there at seven. And then they told me I'm ready to go at 12. And me and him are like, wait, this is happening now? <laughs> like, like, you know, we <laughs> thought that, yeah, we thought it's like, you know, your first kid, like it's going to take a while. No. So, you know, they're like, all right, you're ready to go. So I pushed for about 20 minutes and Mila was born. Um. So, wow. yeah. So, but that's another thing to like tie in like the fitness is like, I really do think although I wasn't active while I was pregnant, I think that being active prior and being fit definitely helped with an easier delivery for me. Um, absolutely! yeah, and there's a, there's a girl that I actually, um, know in the CrossFit world. Like we're just friends on, on Instagram. She had a son like a month after me, and she kind of said the same thing. She's like, I think that being fit and doing cross and being active really helped. You know, I had a relatively easy, you know, labor myself, you know, she said. Um, hmm. So I think that that and the combination of, I don't know if your partner did this, but eating dates. I don't know if you heard about that.
1: I have. Yeah, I, yeah, I have.
2: So it that the dates was I don't know. I I swear to them, like swear by them rather. Um that definitely helped too. Um but yeah, I just so that being my experience in the delivery room and then having to then go through this world of breastfeeding, I was like, "Oh, like if I was able to do that, like the breastfeeding's going to be fine." And mm. yeah, sure enough, yeah, it's not. Was not fine. <laughs>
1: Well, you, you know, um, Sophie, when, when we had Alfie, she only breastfed him for like a month. And then like, we kind right. of, we got some advice from friends, like I'll oh, get him to take the bottle as soon as possible because then like I can help out more often. Right. And so we did. And, um, and then we kind of, not on purpose, but we kind of just ended up just using more formula than not. And right. then that was kind of that um i think it's really interesting how like you know the doctors and nurses and everything and friends as well like you know they really try and like pressure you to
2: oh my god must
1: breastfeed you have to do this and it's like it's like i get it for the first like week or so like there's like all this mad really good shit right after that it doesn't really matter and we're not in like the 1950s anymore like formula has come it wasn't even available then but like you know what I mean like formula has come so much further in the past 20-30 years that it's like it's not really a drama like just fucking sit down relax have a cappuccino or something
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean that that happened with me too like in the hospital the since she wasn't latching like the first two they they kept us in the hospital for two days and those two days she didn't eat from me because I wasn't producing anything. And they just kept saying, like, just keep putting her on, keep trying, keep trying. And I'm like, I am, but I'm letting you know, like, I don't think she's getting anything, you know? And they're like, oh, well, as long as she's peeing and pooing and, 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 and she's having wet diapers, like, that's fine. She's like, still, I guess, has, you know, nutrients from whatever you last ate. Like, she's fine. You know, and then the second day came and I'm like, are you sure? Like we shouldn't try like formula or something because the kid, the kid is not eating.
0: <laughs> and, you know,
2: all, so all, I didn't, I also didn't know that all babies lose weight right. You know, after your, when you go to the first appointment, so like doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. So she was born six pounds, one ounce. And when we took her to the hot, to the doctor, what uh, I guess on the third day, that would have been, she was down to five pounds, five ounces. So in Mm. my head, I'm like, and that was also like traumatizing for me. I'm like sitting in the doctor's office, like crying because she lost all this weight. Mm. And they're like, no, like it's normal, you know, you're fine. Um, but, and like, even in the doctor's office, I mean, I love the doctor that we go to. Don't get me wrong, but they, and they did a very good job with helping me like, try to get her to breastfeed and you know they. I did everything like you know they they gave me something called like a nipple guard and it's like this piece of plastic that you're supposed to put on yourself and it's supposed to help with like the latching and like all this stuff and I literally got to the point where I was just like I I can't like this is making me go crazy um Mm. and like I was pumping and like I said I same thing I lasted one month and I was like that's it I went one day for like a follow-up appointment and I was like, this is not working. And you know, they were awesome. They were like, no, you know, if you don't want to, like, that's fine, it's up to you. But yeah, like in the hospital for sure. You know, they're like, Oh, keep trying, keep trying. I'm like, what if I don't want to try? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: um man. so you know, you, you you briefly sort of mentioned your mum um earlier. And I think that's like that's for me like you know you, you what you said before about like the picture of her and you falling uh, falling down and stuff and then you started your the pregnancy you know it was happening right. um like i'm definitely a believer in that's just i don't know that's too coincidental for me you know what i mean um so you know your your mum passed away 3 years ago Man, mm-hmm. I imagine. Well, obviously, that's super crazy, difficult, man. Like, how's been? How's yeah. that? Like, navigating that journey. You know what I mean?
2: So, I mean, my mother's death was pretty sudden, um, and was very unexpected, and it was very hard. You know. I gave birth. I didn't have my mom there. You know, I didn't have like the whole nine months of me being pregnant. I didn't, I felt like at some points I would get really sad because, and like cry because I didn't have my mom as a mother figure to help me go through what I was going through. Um, right. I mean, I had my boyfriend's mom. I love her. Like as a mom, she is amazing. And you know, she kind of helped, you know, helped me out when I needed the help. Um, and same thing I have a stepmom who's been in my life for a very long time and they're both mother right. figures to me. Um, but not having your, I guess biological mom there, um, it mm. took it took a mental toll for sure. Um, and even after like I think it took a toll on me more postpartum because then you're even more like the hormones are just going, and it's like, yeah, damn, yeah. like my, it's like my mom's never gonna see my child, you know, like yeah. I, she's never going to see your fir- firsts of everything, and mm. you know, I'm not married, but that's the same thing. It's like that when the time comes that I do get married, it's like my mom's never gonna see that. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, for sure, that was very hard very, very hard. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously losing a parent is hard in itself, but I think it also, it hurts more when special moments in your life happen or like holidays and stuff like that. It And that's when it hurts the most is because like you're that your, your mom or father, whoever it is, is not going to see that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel that, like, there's definitely some, like, I, I'm i not necessarily someone who, like, believes in God and all those sorts of things. But, you know, I think it's definitely naive to, to not think that there's something going on there in the universe and all the rest of it. So, like, maybe somehow or whatever that, you know, that really was, like her doing <clears throat> or whatever you know what I mean like pushing that photo over and all the rest of it like right and I guess you know it's one of those things it's like you know you just keep her memory alive and you know it might be one of those those things where like Mila has these weird little quirks and does things the same way as like your mum did you know what I mean like right it'll be interesting and probably quite comforting to see that develop you know what I mean right
2: right yeah, and it's funny because when she was born, um, everyone, like she had full lips and everyone was like, where where did she get those lips from? Like, you know, my boyfriend has thin lips. Like you don't have that full of lips. And then my dad actually saw her for the first time and was like, your mom, your mom had like the full lips. Like I get it from. So it is, and, and I see a lot of, like me as a baby when she smiles i think we look a lot alike when i was a baby um so i i don't i she mm-hmm. be sure you know she changes every day every day i'm like oh she looks like you know him she looks like me like it, it she she changes <clears throat> so much every day so i'm sure it'll come out uh, you know I, I i would love you know to see if she you know ended up looking like my mom you know
1: mm. yeah absolutely um so i guess coming back to sort of like you know we're back at work we got a new job starting on monday good luck by the way and then we've got NYPD in the background waiting for that to to to, to start up again and we can show them how itchy our trigger finger really is <laughs> i had to put that in there somewhere i definitely <laughs> had to do that um so do you think like your outlook on CrossFit has now changed um, with being a parent? Um, you know, do you think you'll continue like your desire to, I mean, I'm sure you'll always do CrossFit, but I mean, is there going to be this shift do you think? Or?
2: Right. So I think, so doing CrossFit as career, career wise, that was kind of, when I first started getting into training and I really loved being, you know, a CrossFit trainer, um, I always saw myself as like, this is what I'm going to do. Like I'm not do, you know, pursuing my degree. Like I'm, I'm going to become a full-time CrossFit trainer. Mm. It is very hard in New York to work on a trainer salary. Um, And, also, finding—I should say—finding a CrossFit where they offer you a full-time gig is very hard to come about, come by. um Where I was at, in my old gym is too far now for where I moved, um, so I wouldn't be able to really go back there for work. um And mm-hmm. you know, again, finding a full-time gig here is almost near impossible, and then. Also, people are like, well, why don't you open your own gym? And that would be like the most amazing thing. But the amount of money that it takes to operate a CrossFit gym is people don't realize is very expensive. Um, And the risk is very high for it potentially not working out. Um, So for me, it would be too much of a Hmm. risk to even try that. Um, although I would love to, it's just not in the cards. Um, so I think, and of course, you know, as you start thinking about it, like sure, being a CrossFit trainer for, you know, X amount of years, but when you get to your forties and fifties, right. That's not something that I don't think, you know, could sustain for that long. And there's no like pension that comes with that, you know, So realistically, like once I realized like I was going to be a mother, like I needed to find something that was going to be beneficial in the long run and give me a job that can give me a pension where I will be where I can retire and be okay, you know, so. With that being said, you know, the MIPD thing, I had taken that three years ago. So the fact that they just called me within all the timing of everything, it just worked out the way that it did. Um, as far as CrossFit, me doing CrossFit as um, like for fun and for, you know, as an activity that I like to do as a hobby, I, of course, see myself continuing to do that and, you know, do CrossFit for fun and, and, um, But realistically, like, when I became a mother, and and now that I'm seeing how to get back into it, like, I'll be honest, and a lot of CrossFitters, if they're truthful to you, they will tell you this, CrossFit takes a toll on your body, right? So
0: Mm.
2: me training how I was training, like, I was hurt for a majority of the time, not hurt, but like, you know, you have body aches, like, I had... Um, my shoulder, I had an impingement in my shoulder. I had to get a cortisone shot in it. Um, so it does take a lot of toll <clears throat> off your body. And, you know, I, what I realized getting back into it is, sure, I can go into my gym and beat myself up, but then I have to come upstairs and hold the baby and be a mother. So for me, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of approaching it more safely and being more cautious than what I used to do. You know, like back then when I was training and, you know, I was about to lift a heavy weight to get a personal, you know, record on a lift, you know, if I, if my form was shitty and I still got the lift, I'm like, okay, I still got the lift, you know? And whereas now I'm like, mm. uh, if my form doesn't feel right, I'm not going to do it because there's, mm. there's no point. Like what to say that I hit this amount of weight, like my, my outlook yeah. on, on beating myself up has definitely changed. Um, And I think a lot of people, or I should say, I think a lot of like CrossFit athletes that go to the games every year and like compete at that high level, I think a lot of them are kind of Uh seeing them now because we kind of saw a shift. Like a lot of CrossFit athletes that I used to watch back in 2015, a lot of them now kind of post like, you know, they're going in a different direction. They're doing more bodybuilding workouts and less CrossFit workouts as they start to get older. You know, again, it's a it's a toll on your body. And what people also, I guess, don't realize is, or think about, is those CrossFit athletes that are like the top of the top and compete every year, that is their sole job. Like a lot of them don't mm. have other jobs outside of CrossFit. So they own gyms. They have the leisure of working out X amount of hours a day. They also have sponsors. So there's people that are massaging them, that are, you know, working out, like um, rehabbing their muscles, like using all of these tools to rehab them for the next training, you know, day. That's like, you know, Olympians and like people competing at the Olympics. They have a whole team with them you know, making sure that they rehab the right way, making sure that they eat the right way, you know? So I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of people, including myself, like when they first get into CrossFit, it's funny because there's a lot of memes about this where, you know, you see a person, they show a person who's like getting into CrossFit, they're like all hype about it. And, you know, as as over time they're doing it, they kind of like their souls get crushed about like what their expectation was of it. You know, like again, like that takes me back to like when I first went to go watch the CrossFit games when they competed back in, I think it was 2017. I went to watch it and I saw these 14 year old girls lifting 200 pounds, literally 200 pounds over their heads. And I was like, all right, yeah, this is Mm. just, this is for fun now. Like this is not, you know, (laughs) I'm never, I'm never going to be X, Y, and Z, you know? Um, So yeah, yeah, I think that my perspective has definitely changed with, you know, how I work out, you know, if my body is sore, like today, I didn't, I didn't work out, you know, I'm just like not feeling it, you know, I can use it on a rest day. Um, Yeah, it's Mm -mm. just as long as I look good, like, I don't care how much weight I lift over my head. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to be X, Y, and Z, you know?
1: As long as you can lift uh, Amelia above your head for just playing and having fun, that's all that matters.
2: Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely still do it. I'll still work towards going back to where I was, but just not in a dangerous, I guess, way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, then I guess lastly, like, have you got any sort of advice for other... CrossFit mums and just mums in general or just parents in general from like from your experiences yeah, so far?
2: Um, I would definitely just say um, don't, not say don't, but be mindful that your plan might not go as planned um, and that's okay. And not to beat yourself up like I did a little bit, of course, because we're our worst critics. But mm-hmm. give yourself time. You know, after that six-week appointment, when I got cleared to work out, I couldn't do things that I wanted to do then that I'm doing now four months postpartum. So it'll come. Um, as much as it's hard, a hard pill to swallow, it will come and... You know, just give your body time. Like, you know, think to yourself, you just carried this human for nine months. You know, it'll probably take nine months out.
0: Exactly.
2: It'll probably take nine months out to, you know, get back to doing what you're doing. Um, but yeah, just don't beat yourself up too much.
1: Good advice. Well, look, I've really, really appreciated you coming on. Like, I know it can be a bit daunting at times and uh, to sort of just speak freely about stuff in general um but yeah I really appreciate you coming on um I think it's been really insightful I think a lot of people can get a lot from this you know like there's a lot of people who are maybe not they're they're maybe not doing CrossFit but you know they're into fitness and they're doing xyz and all the rest of it so yeah I really appreciate it
2: of course thank you for having me I really I've been wanting to get my story out somehow whether it be a blog or a podcast or you know whatever I think it's more women i feel like whether good bad the ugly should be more open about this stuff because you know some of the things i didn't know they'll now know if they didn't know and you know we can all learn exactly. a lot. we can all learn a lot from each other
1: exactly you know uh, just it's it's never a bad thing just to help each other out <laughs>
0: right right right
1: well look if this is your first time listening thanks for tuning in and if it's not welcome back Parents Uncut is released every week for your enjoyment. Come back often, leave a comment, send to a friend and follow me on Instagram at Aaron Hollands. Big shout to Sneakers and Stuff, SNS Radio and Shoe Shay for making this possible. Until next time, take care. <laughs>